the sages say, I mean, the sages ask, now why did Moses call upon heaven and earth to be witnesses? This is their reply. Moses says to himself, I am just flesh and blood. Tomorrow I will die. Therefore he called upon heaven and earth as witnesses for Israel, witnesses that endure forever. Furthermore, if Israel acts meritoriously, the witnesses will come down and reward them. The vine will, f will give its fruit, the earth will yield its produce, and the heavens will give their due. And if Israel acts sinfully, the hand of the witnesses will be upon them first to inflict punishment upon them. And he will close off the heavens uh, that there will be no rain and the soil will not give its produce. The song then goes on to recount stages in the relationship between Israel and Adonai, past and future. Verses 7 through 14 reminds B'nai Israel that Adonai has been a loving father who found Jacob in the wilderness land and in void of a howling waste, in the void of a howling waste. He surrounded him, cared for him, guarded him as the pupil of his eye. Adonai alone guided him. There was no foreign God with him. Then there is a dramatic shift. Verse 15 state, or starts with but, and we all know that, some, that if something starts with but, that what follows after is the opposite of what went before. Since what went before was positive, then what follows after will be negative. Verses 15 through 18 describes what will happen to Israel after they have been in the land and eaten the produce of the land and suckled the honey, ate the butter and the milk and the fat. In other words, when life becomes good, Israel will grow fat and kick, a gr and kick and grow thick and gorge. And ultimately, Israel will forsake God, commit abominations and sacrifice to demons. Next comes God's response to this rejection in verses 19 to about verse 38 or so. He will hide his face because he has been made jealous. The language here is very strong, very fiery and passionate. For fire has ignited in, in my nostrils. It will burn to Sheol beneath, devour the earth and her produce, and scorch the foundations of mountains. Very fiery stuff. And as we have seen in other recent Torah portions, Adonai describes very dire consequences, wasting famine, um, plague, the fangs of animals will sink their teeth into people, and the sword will bring terror to old and young alike. This chapter is well worth reading to see all the very potent imagery. One Jewish translation says that people will grow hairy from famine because apparently people who are, immense, who are emaciated grow hairy. Um, and Israel will be attacked by a demon called Mirari. Again, I don't know, but you get the general sense. One can see how strongly God feels when Israel abandons him and when we abandon him. However, there is hope. Adonai does not abandon Israel forever. In verse 36, he says... He will relent, and he reminds Israel of his power. See now that I am he. There are no other gods besides me. I bring death, and I give life. I have wounded, but I will heal, and none can, res can rescue from my, from my hand. After all this drama, the song ends, and the tone changes. In verse 46, Moses instructs B'nai Israel to put in your hearts in all the words that I call as witnesses against you today that you may command your children to keep and do all the words of this Torah. But the key verse that really sums up what Moses is urgently trying to convey is verse 47, which states, For it is not an empty thing for you, because it is your life. By this word you will prolong your days on the land, which you are crossing over, to the Jordan to the, crossing over the Jordan to possess. And that is really the lesson for us today, that God instructs, that's God's instructions we are to keep and to do because they are our life. 
The Pasha ends with God instructing Moses to ascend to the mountain, to be gathered to his people. It is sad because God tells Moses, for you will see the land from afar, but you will not enter here, into the land that I am giving to Bnei Israel. But remember, the book of Deuteronomy is not over, so come back next week to hear the rest. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the song was recited in the temple by the Levites on Shabbat at the, at the additional offerings in six-week cycles on one section per week. The message was that life has easy parts and difficult parts. When we endure the difficult parts, then we can rejoice because we have endured and can enjoy the good parts. At this holy time of year, we reflect on our sin and the pain of separation from God and from others because of our sin. When we realize that because of Yeshua, if we confess our sins and return to God, we know he accepts us. He has not cast us off. Instead, our bond with God is even stronger, and that's a wonderful thing. The particular section I'm chanting is Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 through 6. And it's, it also happens to be my bat mitzvah portion. Something that really struck home to me about this particular passage is when I first read it, it sounded like poetry. But after a while, I realized it was extremely depressing. <laughs> Instead of, it, it feels like a, like a parent scolding their child. It feels like a child being scolded by their parent for not doing something that they were told to do. I have not cleaned my room, I get scolded. <laughs> I have not done my homework, I get scolded. It's not a fun thing to be scolded, and of course every child experiences it at some point, but it's, the important thing here is that it reminds me that God is still trying to look out for us because parents scold because they're trying to take care of you and look out for you. And God is the ultimate parent. He knows what the right thing for you is and what the wrong thing is. And it, all we have to do is just listen. And I know that's something that I really appreciated about this passage. <laughs>